0: Welcome to Cyberspin, the podcast that brings you expert insights. Subscribe to Cyberspin on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us on another podcast. Uh, This one is going to be talking about the latest CMMC updates that are going on. The last couple weeks, there's been a lot of movement in the program, and uh, Dr. Thomas Graham and I are here to kind of catch everybody up if you haven't heard the latest news. So first of all, we'll kick it off about the rule itself, that it is now in the hands of the OMB and uh, is in the hands of OIRA, and it should be there for about 90 days, and then it should be released for public comments. Uh, It could be extended. Um, We don't think it will be, but you never know. Uh, So at this time, I think we're looking right around September, October for the public comment period to open. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, The second thing is there was a, a little hiccup by the Department of Defense and somebody within there. Uh, that published some documents on the CMMC Level 3 before they realized it was published. They pulled the website down and and, uh, have since removed those because those are actually part of rulemaking. But what it did do was give us a glimpse into kind of what the DOD is thinking for CMMC Level 3, which is something we've been waiting for, right? It's some kind of clue as to what was going to happen. And we knew it was going to be a subset of of things coming out of NIST 800-172, but we didn't know what. Well, now we got a kind of a glimpse of that, but it's important to remember what Thomas and I are gonna talk about. We're not gonna go into too many details because it is in draft, and that could change in the public comment periods when the, you know, along with the rule. So first of all, there are under CMMC that we've seen in the draft document, 24 practices, and then 80 objectives that follow with that. Now that's not really the surprising thing. The surprising thing is they have mentioned these ODPs, which was previously mentioned when NIST 800-171-Revision 3 came out, that that's when we kind of got introduced to that. So we're going to have Dr. Thomas Graham tell us a little bit about what an ODP is and kind of how it's going to work in the CMMC world. So Dr. Graham, enlighten us Well
0: thank you rob um as you mentioned and just you know for clarification both the documents you mentioned that were released mistakenly yesterday as well as nist 800-171 rev3 they are still currently in draft which means none of this information is currently binding or in its final form so honestly you know what we're going to be talking about here There's no confirmation from either the DOD or the Cyber AB on it. This is just our own supposition and and opinion based on what we saw. So to answer your question, ODPs, much like what we saw in uh, NIST 800-171-Rev3 draft, speaks to the agency um, being the ones that can identify what specifically they want to to assess against for that particular practice.
1: And so um, when you're talking agency, you're talking other federal agencies outside the DoD.
0: Yes. So okay. so agency in this case, it could be DoD, it could be DHA, it could be HS. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. But they the the language is specific that when you see an organizational defined parameter, which is what ODP stands for that that is um to be specified by the agency level Uh, that's something you know that that when rev 3 of 800 171 come out that a lot of folks were were talking about that oh organizations are going to be able to specify whatever they want Uh, no not that's not necessarily the case Mm -hmm. now i am going to quantify this with uh nist also released the comments that they received on uh, Rev three, which, in case if anybody's missed it, that's out there. You, you can go Google it and find it. One of the the largest items that were commented on was those ODPS. So if if you're wanting to see what some of the discussion is, please you know go take a look at that. But that that's how it is currently defined. It is the best way to put it.
1: And so kind of looking at this. So if I'm Department of Justice, let's say as an example, if I want to adjust what my folks that work with me have to abide by, as far as regulations and requirements, I can make those adjustments specifically for my agency, correct?
0: To to an extent, and you know, as I mentioned before, we, we don't know what the final versions are, are going to say. This is all based on the draft information. What it what it means is, is for those folks that are familiar with the DOD, they know that, you know, either big DOD or DISA or, or any of those types of organizational level uh, regulations or, or requirements come out. Each of the the combatant commands have the ability to specify how they're going to go about implementing it within their own organizations. So it comes out air force identifies how they're going to address the requirements. Uh, Navy comes out, addresses how they're going to do it. Army comes out, addresses how they're going to do it, but they all, the, the way that they do it, they still have to include the, the same requirements for the overall assessment. It's just what you're assessing against for those items may be a little bit differently. So for instance, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. As you know, everybody knows when you talk about cryptography under CMMC 2.0 level two currently, you're talking FIPS 140 TAC2 validated. However, if it's an agency such as the NSA, they may have a different standard that they won't cryptography to conform to and and that's an example of where some of the delineations can be from one agency to the other
1: okay all right now they also released uh documents on 2.1 uh was that supposed to be released or no no okay. no 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 no, no. <laughs> didn't think so so Uh, That document was released as well. And I do want to talk about one thing inside that document that uh, I think is rather important. It's a topic we've been talking about since yesterday, uh, Thomas, is they've kind of lumped CSPs and MSPs, MSSPs, all these different service providers under an ESP or external service provider, right? So this honestly is the first time we've seen anything in writing addressing these particular individuals, right? Well,
0: well, not,
1: mm,
0: I wouldn't say specifically. I, I know if, you know, for those folks out there that have gone through the, the official CMMC certification training, either CCP's or CCA's, uh, in, in those trainings, we've talked about ESP's and in there it's been lumped together and that was based on information coming out of the 2.0 guides, Mm
1: -hmm. the,
0: the part that was, you know, kind of specific in the, in the releases again, wasn't supposed to be released. If you try to go to the website, you can't anymore.
1: No, it's down.
0: They, they actually split part of that uh, description up from an, from an assessment standpoint and the the differentiation was CSPs will be looked at this way and then any other um, service provider that's external, you're going to have to go through this other process. And, you know, I apologize. I am not getting into the specifics, but yeah. as we're talking about draft documentation and everything else, I don't want to get into that too much.
1: Yeah. No. So putting the thinking cap on, right? Um. Uh, <laughs> If this is the case, this gives some granularity and some uh, insights for those particular types of organizations, but mostly for the OSCs that use those types of organizations. But the, I think the main reason we wanted to bring that up is, so folks can be on the lookout for that when the rule hits the public comment period, mm-hmm. that is a particular section you wanna pay, uh, pay attention to um, and provide some feedback for the DOD.
0: Yeah, because it's going to have a bearing on quite a bit of stuff. I mean, we all know under CMNC 2.0, there's still the categorization of assets as SPAS, security protection assets. Well, we already know they're going to have to be assessed against full CMNC. The question that was getting thrown out was, okay, what if we don't have the, let's say the vulnerability management scanner installed directly in our environment. What if we're using some type of cloud capability, whether it be Qualys, Tenable, Rapid7, whatever the case may be. How you know what are what are going to be some of those requirements? Well, it provides some clarity to that. It provides some clarity with the cloud based scene providers, you know, for for stuff like that. Um, again, whether that stays in there, I don't know. I have all ideas that when the final rule comes out, and the the final draft versions of these documents come out, that they are going to make some clarification in there, and that's because, honestly, everybody has been beating them up over the D47012 statement of FedRAMP moderate or equivalent, and nobody's defined what equivalent is. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the place where they have that opportunity to define what equivalency is.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think we beat that that to death. Um, hopefully, we've created enough intrigue so that when it does hit the public comment period, a lot of folks will go out and take a look mm-hmm. at it. Uh, the last update is uh, we're getting some movement on the international partners across mm-hmm. uh, the country and the world and all that good stuff. and. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what uh, we're hearing about that? I mean, I know the big news was Canada that came out Mm -hmm. um, and announced they were going to put in a, uh, you know, a program similar or that that is in parallel with the CMMC program. Um, But I'll let you go ahead and speak to it.
0: Sure. So yes, Canada, Canada is trying to do it in lockstep with the DOD. Um, If, you're not aware of that. Absolutely. It's out there. Uh, just, you know, for your awareness, we put out some information on it, much like several other, uh, organizations have mm. the, the next countries or, or international locations that are going to become interesting is those in Asia, Japan, Korea, Australia, um, they are starting to look at this. They they are starting to want to have those conversations. And just for your full awareness, if you go out and, you know, Google CMMC Asia or Japan CMMC, Korea CMMC, you'll actually see some information out there that, that is already getting into the public arena. Um, I know for instance, you know, not to, not to name drop, but the Korea Herald, uh, Posted an article about CMMC back in April of this year, mm-hmm. so so they are starting to look for it. And this is this is one of the things. Honestly, a lot of the C3POs have been waiting to get some clarity on because when CMMC first came out, you know, all of the all the number estimates and everything was based on uh, U.S. defense industrial base organizations. Mm-hmm. It didn't really take into account all of these other ancillary folks that support dod installations overseas i mean and we're just talking about asia and and australia right now could that also mean france israel united kingdom germany all of those could potentially start coming into play as well which as you know as the onus of what cmmc is and and i'm going to digress here just a little bit rob CMMC was the validation of the DFAR-7012 requirements, as we've talked before. DFAR-7012 was put in place to protect the confidentiality of CUI. CUI was put in place to create a common vernacular across all of the executive agencies for information sharing and communication.
1: Correct.
0: So if you can follow that same train of thought, all of these international locations that now support DOD or whatever agency oversees, now this could create a potential common vernacular that those organizations could be graded upon in, in qualifying for those types of contracts, as well as providing the agency, a level of assurance that has been validated that they have the protection of this information at heart. No, no, that's, that's
1: a good point. And I mean, uh, what we have started seeing is is similar to when CMMC launched here in the U.S. Uh, Lincoln is going crazy with all kinds of misinformation for, for those countries. So, uh, you know, try to shy away from the opinions. The this is what I think it will be, etc. And stick with the known facts. Uh, we at Redspin do we try to stick to what the Cyber AB tells us, what the Department mm-hmm. of Defense publishes. We try not to, to murr or, or blur anything when we when we do like podcasts and our blogs and things. So try to find a good source that you can get uh, great stuff from and, and keep an eye on them, okay? Um, with that, I think we'll, we'll wrap this session up today. I, I appreciate everybody uh, joining us again. Hopefully, you got something out of this update. But more importantly, I want to let you know, don't go out thinking cap leave that with thomas and i so if you need to get all the information uh go visit our website at redspin.com we've got blogs we've got white papers podcasts uh, all kinds of information as far as information for you guys to access so
0: absolutely rob you kind of summarized it pretty well i'm i'm going to conclude this with with saying now is the time to start drinking heavily i mean now is the time to start paying attention (laughs) <laughs> because way, in, at the beginning of this recording, you, you talked a little bit about the rule and, and where is that. Mm-hmm. Folks, CMMC is not going away. Mm-hmm. It It is on OIRA's website. Notice of public rulemaking is set for September 23. So it, it, it is coming down the pipes. It, it is coming. Now is the time to start having those conversations mm-hmm. to, to get an understanding of it. Because if you wait until that rule is final, you're going to be behind the curve. You know, you're going to be trying to play catch up versus being able to go about your business like you normally would. So please reach out to us. You know, we're always welcome to have a conversation. If you see us out anywhere, stop us. You know, let's talk about it because at the end of the day. Yes, we're a business and yes, you know, all all the folks that this is targeted to really is involved in the business world. But at the end of the day, what this program is trying to achieve is a safer uh, working paradigm, not only for the DOD itself, but also those defense industrial based companies who may have that intellectual property, who who may have, you know, that those items in. It it, honestly, folks, it is trying to make sure that all of that information stays where it's supposed to be. So
1: now great point, Thomas. So I I appreciate that. Just for those that are listening, Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas and I will be at the DHITS conference next week out in uh, down in New Orleans. And then uh, we will be at the NCS uh, summit in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, a couple of weeks after that. So if if you do see us out there, please come on over, introduce yourself. Let's get into conversations and uh, we'd be happy to talk with you about CMMC. So with that, we're spinning out of here uh, off the Cyber Spin podcast. Have a great day. Great week. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Be safe, but be deadly.
0: Have a good one.